Welcome to the MSF Farm Talk podcast. I'm Tegan Buckley and in this episode we're catching up with special guest Brian Hughes from Persa to talk all about soil acidity in the Mallee. Brian is an experienced leader of soil, land management and sustainable agricultural projects across SA and some with national involvement. Brian has technical skills in soil science including soil acidity, salinity, fertility, erosion control, soil constraints, soil survey and land capability. Brian holds a Bachelor of Agricultural Science with Masters in Ag, specialising in soil science, soil and land survey. Brian is also the current project leader of the GRDC Department of Environment and Water, PERSA and Landscape Board funded soil acidity project that we'll talk about in this episode. Brian's worked for PERSA since 1982 in a range of country locations in South Australia. In this podcast episode, we're asking Brian all about soil acidity here in the Mallee, including what soil acidity actually is and how it's affecting our Mallee farming systems, along with ways that we can improve, manage and prevent this issue in the future. So without further ado, I am pleased to welcome Brian Hughes to the MSF Farm Talk podcast. Hi, Brian. Welcome. Yeah, thanks for having me, Tegan. So many people think Mallee soils are typically alkaline, especially at depth, but we're starting to see areas of soil acidity increasing in the surface. So Brian, can you explain what soil acidity is and what's happening to drive this change in the landscape? Yeah, well, probably to answer your question, there are some soils that are alkaline throughout and they're not changing, but some of the soils, I suppose, which aren't buffered by natural alkalinity, so, so some of the sandy soils or... or loamy soils without any lime in them, we are seeing some acidity begin on those. And there's, there's some sort of well-known causes for that. So things like uh, uh, most forms of nitrogen fertiliser um, can cause some acidification. So in, in particular, anything with an ammonium in it, as that ammonium breaks down, you get some proton or some acid produced. Things like urea can indirectly cause acidification as it breaks down as well. And, and if some of that if not all that product ends up in the plant, you'll get some acidification from urea as well. The, the second cause really is, is what we call product removal. So as you take materials out of the paddock, whether they be hay or grain and to a much lesser extent livestock, you're taking some alkaline material with that. So calcium carbonate, magnesium carbonate, those products are being taken out of the, out of the paddock and removed. Um, and I suppose that you know, the third process, which is quite important in, in in, in grazing land is what we call nitrogen leaching and the impact of that. So that's really linked to things like nitrate and, and a nitrate is a negatively charged iron as, as is the soil. So it's fairly loosely attached and it can leach out past the root zone. And so, so I suppose in really dry climates, you don't see much of that, but as, as in certainly in wet years, you can get some nitrogen leaching at the bottom of the root zone and it leaves the acid material behind. What you might see um, in terms of some of the sensitive plants getting affected by um, their growth being affected or their ability to to become, I suppose, nitrogen fixes some of the legumes. So the rhizobium that, that I suppose, have a, have a relationship in the roots and, and fix atmospheric nitrogen. They don't like things when it gets too acid. A secondary thing that we see is aluminium becomes released into the soil water solution and aluminium can be toxic on, on roots of plants. Another effect that we might see is nutrient imbalances occurring. So things like molybdenum deficiencies become more common uh, and, and even phosphorus and potassium become less available in the soil. So I suppose, you know, with acidification, we talk about, you know, what are the critical pHs 
and, and I'll talk in the pH calcium chloride test. So there's, there's two tests, pH water, pH calcium chloride. When I'm talking pHs, it's really the pH calcium test. So we, we sort of talk about you know, once you get under about 5.5, you're starting to get in the zone where acidity may become an issue. As it drops to five, under five, some of the, the sensitive plants become affected. Things like uh, lentils, barley in some cases may be affected as, as it gets to about 4.5. Some of the more slightly tolerant plants, things like, like um, subclover or uh, wheat can be affected. And if it drops right down to probably four, around about four, even some of the plants we considered highly tolerant start becoming affected by acidity. So that's sort of the, the critical pH range, which is that pH calcium test, which is the sort of lab test that you get done. Yeah, okay. So what's some of the rotations, crops and uh, practices that make soil acidity worse that farmers could be aware of? The way we often see acidity develop is, is the most productive part of the farm. So where you're cropping a lot, maybe growing a lot of hay, uh, in those situations you might be using you know, a lot more nitrogen fertiliser. Uh, you might be taking a lot more out the gate. And if, and if those soils are, are sort of weakly buffered, they'll be the first areas that you see acidity develop on. So so, so it is sort of um, much more common in a continuously cropped uh, high-end type rotation. You know, for example, if you, you, know, you remove about you know, three tonnes of wheat, you add you know, 50 kilos of 1820, maybe 50 kilos of urea later on in the soil. Just, just that rotation by itself in one year, the acidity from that on average is about 130 kilos per hectare of lime equivalent per year. Do that over 10 years and, you, and you, you know, you're suddenly getting into tonnes of lime equivalent per hectare per year. So yeah, so, so it's a sign, I suppose, of on those areas that are cropped the most and have the highest input is where we often see it occur first. So it's a sort of sign of productive agriculture, if that makes sense. I guess a lot of farmers out there are wanting to sort of know what can we do to improve, manage and prevent soil acidity into the future? Um, well, I think there's a number of options for how you manage it in the Mallee. And as you mentioned before, in, you're in the Mallee that the soil sometimes has alkaline layers underneath, uh, you sometimes have clay underneath and well you know lime has been, adding lime has been the traditional method of combating acid soils across South Australia and across the world really. There's, the other options in the Mallee include adding, when you add clay to a sandy soil, uh, as a lot of farmers have done, you, you often improve the pH, um, particularly if that clay's neutral or alkaline or contains a bit of lime in amongst it. Um, Certainly in the southern Mallee where they irrigate um, out of groundwater, that groundwater is actually quite alkaline. So you find that the actual areas they irrigate become alkaline as well. Um, and I suppose probably the, the, the fourth one in the Mallee, which may be applicable is, is, you know, if we're mixing up our layers for other reasons, so we're um, spading a layer or, or, we're, or we're using inclusion plates or some other method for mixing the sandy layers, you know, in many cases that will have an impact of probably fixing up an acid layer if it's fairly narrow for a period of time. And you might find with some of these methods, you know, down the road again, you've, you've got to eventually treat them with lime or something if, if they re-acidify, but certainly there's a few options for combating it in the early stages. I suppose, it, and the other one is probably the more balanced the nitrogen input is, uh, the, the better the, uh, I suppose, the lower the rate of acidification as well. So if, you, if you're putting on excess N and it's leaching away, you, you'll actually have a higher rate of acidification as well. So you've got a research site at Lamaru in the SA Valley. Mm -hmm. What are you doing uh, at the moment and what are your key findings at this site? Yeah, so we've set up, well, we've already set up two research trials. So we've got one at 
Lamaru, and we've also got one at Yamali. Um, and we've, we've also put a, a demonstration site in at uh, Kati, sort of north of Pinaru as well. And I suppose we're looking at probably two things there. One is that the, this emerging acidity problem. And, then, and I suppose the second thing we're particularly interested in is how can we get lime down to the depth where, where the acid's occurring. So if, if it's becoming acidic around you know, 10, 10 to 20 centimetres, how do we get, I suppose, the pH change in that area? Um, so some of the actual treatments we've got on these trials include a range of limes, uh, a range of rates, um, incorporation techniques um, from sort of shallow to deep in some cases, um, using things like clay, and we will probably add next year, I think, some spading and inclusion plate treatments as well, just to get some of those those deeper incorporation methods and, and look at what input impact they have on, I suppose, the pH distribution in those soils. At the moment, they're both farmer sown over the top, and, and we'll, we'll sort of down the road, I'm not quite sure whether we'll do that or whether we'll get sardi to into sow, sow some of the sites. We've seen, I suppose, that the Yamali site and the barley sort of showing a bit in its first year, the Lamaru one is under oats, which is quite tolerant of acid soils, so not seeing much on that one. Yeah, great. So we understand that GRDC Department for Environment and Water, Kurza and Murraylands River Landscape Board have funded a new acidity research and extension across South Australia. What other components are there which may be relevant to the Mallee? Yeah, so we've got a number of components in this, this project. Um, and I've mentioned the, the trial sites, there's 11 new trials plus some demos. Uh, within that, there's also a, a PhD, um, which is through uh, Ruby um, and she's actually having a look at a range of things of how you can quickly measure uh, and scan sort of pH and, and associated things in, in the paddock. So, so can we use some of the modern sort of precision ag type scanners that uh, particularly looking at infrared scanning techniques for, for measuring pH. Um, she's also having a look at um, designing, I suppose, dyes that you can put in the soil that'll change at a critical pH. So a bit, bit like the old fill pH kit, but something which is a bit more obvious to really highlight where, where you've got acidity problems. And having a look at other ways that you can measure uh, using a precision ag approach, I suppose, um, to picking out areas in a paddock that, are, that have got an acidity problem while other parts may not. So, so it's really looking at that precision ag approach to identifying acidity. So that's from some of her areas that she's looking at. Um, we've also going back to a range of old trial sites and, and setting up some sort of low to medium rainfall monitoring sites that we can use over time just to look at the change in pH over time. Keen to really look at in the Mallee too, just the, the buffering capacity of some of the soils there. Um, this is buffering to pH change, given that a lot of our data has come from the sort of higher rainfall zone and, and you know, we'd, we'd suspect soils in the Mallee with low organic matter and, and often low clay content that they should have a much lower buffering capacity and therefore would need a, you know, a lower rate of lime to treat them. Um, also established a new uh, website and, 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 a, and undertaking a range of sort of extension and group activities. Should also mention within the project, yeah, we've got other partners. I've got the University of Adelaide and that's through Luke Mosley and also through the PhD. You know, is involved in various aspects. Uh, Trengrove Consulting is involved in the trial at Butte and Ag Communicators have been, been helping out with some of the extension and communication stuff as well as well as, as a range of people, well, they promote GRDC, but a range of other providers of, of, uh, of some of the funding as well through, through uh, Department of Water, PERSA and, and 
um, Mount Lofty Ranges and the Murraylands and Riverland Landscape Board is, is helping out with the, I suppose, the, the Lamaroo site and the Carty site as well. So they've been co-funding that with us. You mentioned a website. Is that the Acid Soils SA website? And if so, what can growers expect to find there if they visit? Yeah, so the, the new site's just been launched, I suppose, and, and Ag Communicators has helped us develop that. Um, there's a range of tools on there to compare lime sources. Uh, and so these are Excel-based tools. So one looks at comparing lime, so you can, you can actually put information in about different sources of lime, the neutralising value or effective neutralising value of those products, uh, the transport costs and spreading charges and work out how, how, they, how much they would cost you in comparison to different products. There's another tool on there that looks at the ability to um, audit farm practices. So you can put in for the last seven years, the, the, the crops that have been grown, the fertilizers have been used, the soil type, and that'll estimate how much acidification has occurred over that period of time. And I suppose the third tool is a, a little tool which helps you estimate the cost of acidity in terms of loss production. So again, putting in your own data on, on yields. Um, so the crop type, um, soil type and the current pH and I suppose the value of your, your products, it'll come up with a, I suppose, a cost of acidity in terms of loss production. Also in there's a range of fact sheets and bulletins um, and research results. So we've got information on you know, lime sources across the state and how to, how to compare limes quality and precision pH mapping. So one of, the, one of the techniques that's working really well in the sort of low to medium rainfall areas where, where we, acidity is becoming an issue is, is to use precision pH mapping. And there's, there's now um, about six of these machines across South Australia, like various pH mappers, which can map pH across the paddock on the go and produce a map which sort of highlights the areas that you may need to lime. And if there's areas that are really acid, you know, you might put higher rates on some parts of that. And there's also a range of sort of state and regional maps and information about where we think acidity is becoming an issue. Mm, great. So your most of your work is out of South Australia, but how widespread a problem do you think this could become across, I guess, the region of, um, you know, SA, Victoria, mm. New South Wales? Oh, look, I, I think, you know, there, there's certainly acidification issues in Victoria and New South Wales. Um, if you sort of think about the Mallee, that, you know, it's more of an issue in the southern part of the Mallee at the moment, and that's basically a combination of, you know, soil type, bit better rainfall, and, and I suppose more intensive farming systems, which is driving that. Yeah, certainly in Victoria and New South Wales, if you've got soil types that are um, poorly buffered, so they don't, don't contain natural lime, um, you've got you know, cropping and you, you, you're removing a lot of products and you're putting out a lot of nitrogen fertilisers that you know, you, you're, you're prone to acidification in that situation. And, and it's a slow process, but you sort of think about a, a sandy soil type, if you're acidifying at a, you know, 100 kilos per hectare per year, over about a 20, 25 year period, you'd expect a, a one pH unit drop, I suppose, in that soil type in, in, in the, say the top 10 centimetres. So there's potential there, you know, over time, I think on these poorly buffered soils, perhaps treating that acidification will become something that becomes, someone has to do every you know, 10 or 20 years or whatever. Before we conclude the episode, what are your mm -hmm. top three takeaways when it comes to soil acidity that you can leave us with? Um, well, first thing is just to get people to have a good look at it. Uh, don't expect an to 10 soil test to give you all the answer. You really need to get out there either with a field kit or, or to split some samples up and you know, test some areas in your paddock which you, which you think might be prone 
so that you know the sandy areas that have been cropped regularly um, and test it down the profile so you know have a look at 0 to 5 5 to 10 10 to 15 and just see if you've got some acidity layers developing i haven't got into all the the, the processes but they're certainly in sandy soils that there's a number of reasons that that we see often see the acidity develop first in that sort of five to 15 centimetre layer in the soil. So a, a 0 to 10 soil test may not pick that up. Um, second thing is to probably just accept that, you know, good farming can cause some acidification and we just need to be able to deal with that and treat that. And, and you're not going to prevent it in some cases, you've just got to deal with it. And, and you know, again, these poorly buffered sandy soils that, were, that are common in, in, you know, in the Southern Malian places, they, they will acidify. And it's probably a sign that we've actually produced a lot of stuff on them. And I suppose the third thing, I suppose, is that cost of treatment often, you know, if it's just looking at liming, it might, you know, it might be only 5% of the cost of the fertiliser going out there. So it's not something which, you know, will prevent you from that land use. It's just something that you need to do with it and treat. I'll chuck in the description episode notes, some resources. So it's the www.acidsoilssa.com.au website and a few yep. other bits and pieces. So thank you, Brian, so much for joining us. That's all right. Thanks very much for having me. Don't forget to share this episode with a mate if you took some value away from it and be sure to subscribe, rate and review our podcast. Thanks for tuning in and we'll catch you in the next episode.